G'day guys, welcome to the next episode of Two Red Chairs. Today I am joined by Mr. Jacob Cass here. He's a fellow Aussie designer. Um, a lot of you will probably know him from his Instagram account or his huge email list, whichever way you know Jacob. Um, we're going to talk today about a bit of his origin story, where he's got to in his career in the last 10 years, um, to the heights of working with the likes of Disney, Jerry Seinfeld, and lately the city of San Francisco. Just a little town. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, welcome, mate. How you doing? Very well, thank you. So, uh, let's rewind all the way back to uh, uni days, because a lot of uh, people that are either watching this or following this G'day Design Life um, Instagram page are just graduating uni or are still in uni here in Australia. So, where where was it you studied? Uh, Un- University of Newcastle. Newcastle. What what kind of student were you? I like to party. <laughs> like to party? Yeah. Party animal, love it. Yeah, it was good fun being up there, but that is uni life. But yeah. it, it did pave the way for me to to get a job. And um, I'm kind of sk- skipping ahead here, but I was studying at university and I got mm. offered a job in New York City. Okay. And yeah, that kind of... Catapulted. Yes. In terms of the work that you were outputting at uni in your uni days, was it... Looking back at it, do you think it was of a good sort of quality? Were you getting good marks out of it? Yeah, I, I think it was a better quality than the other students I was with. But looking back on it now, I realize it wasn't so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like um, yeah, I was always I was always like the person mentoring other people or giving shoots to other people in the okay. class and okay. ended up getting um, an award from the uni for being like a young alumni. Um, nice. So that was pretty, pretty cool. That was a recognition. Though. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. a couple of years after. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, it was. I had good work, but it wasn't the caliber of working for Disney, I say, which is mm. what I went from being a student to working for Disney. It's a but pretty big contrast, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, nice. So you finished uni in twenty ten. You're testing my memory now. I th- about that. I yeah. think we're the same age. Yeah. So I think it was probably yeah. at the same time. I think we both graduated. Good. But I'm glad you knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about because someone asked me yesterday. I was like, "Well, when did you graduate?" I'm like. Oh, it was like nearly 10 years ago now. I know, it's crazy. Um, so from that period, you then jet off to New York City. Um, how did you get contact though first? About uh, so I was running a lot of social when I was kind of pretty new at the time. I was um, getting a name for myself on Twitter and mm-hmm. I was pretty po- I was posting consistently on there. So I was putting myself out there and that got the attention of this um, agency in New York that was focused on digital media and social media, which was pretty new back then because yeah. a lot of the agencies or the bigger ones were um, trying to play catch up or they weren't even started yet. So um, because I was pretty active in social media and uh, 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 that got the attention of them. So they tweeted me actually and said, oh, can we have uh, an interview? Yeah, can we have an interview? <laughs> can we interview you? We have a, um, a job offer for you. Um, I still had six months to go at university. So I told them that and they said, that's cool, finish your studies and then after you can come over. So that's what yeah, I did. It was a perfect opportunity. You can't really turn that down. And Would yeah. you, if they said, no, we won't let you, like you, it needs to be now or never, would you have just dropped it? Yeah, because you can you can come back and do studies. Yeah, so you just, you, I'd be yeah, out there too. Yeah, <laughs> such, yeah. I didn't even know who their clients was. Such, I didn't know Disney was going to be there, but yeah, just went straight in. So, so you, yeah, the, so the, it was an agency that obviously then had a client as being Disney. That was yes, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Um, 
and so you you jet over to New York post graduation, and what's that experience like? Well, moving to New York is um, difficult, especially when you don't know anyone. I didn't know what areas to be in or anything like that. I had no idea. Like I'd never been there before, so mm. it's always scary. But I found uh, a place to live the day before I left. <laughs> that shows how lucky, <laughs> lucky, <laughs> yeah. lucky, lucky. So I ended up um, staying in Brooklyn for a while, and um, yeah, didn't have any friends, of course. But uh, the, there were a very um, social agency and yeah they, they got everyone involved and it was pretty small at the time i think there were about seven people i was a seventh employee and mm-hmm. they went on to be about um 70 or so at the end of it and then they got bought out by another company but just moving overseas it's um challenging if you want to rent a place like i subletted at first through mm-hmm. craigslist but mm-hmm. to get a, a, a rental of your own you have to have x amount of income and uh, all yeah, your documents like, and stuff it's really it's like difficult n- now i heard a youtuber was just watching a video today and she was saying it was something like it needs to be 40 times your annual income for monthly rent or something like that. yeah it's like, something like that I and mean, we <laughs> obviously we didn't have that at the time so we um we had my wife's brother who was a guarantor yeah, which nice. essentially yeah, that's good. worked out yeah so what kind of work did that lead to while working there? I mean, to have, a, to, you know, for them to play a gamble of a, a recent graduate that has shown some promise, obviously, on Twitter and, and the other aspects of what you were doing then at the time on social media, what did they see in you? And then was it doing that similar work that you kind of put out there or was it kind of anything and everything that was designed? Uh, uh, it was, oh, so I went, went to be a junior designer. That was my title yep. at the time. So the first six months I actually worked for this company and then they let me go. So okay. I had um, I had to get a new job, and I got a new job. I went home, got a different visa, mm-hmm. um, and I worked for a number of different agencies over a year. And they, um, I got to get experience from these different agencies and see what I actually liked doing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, after my visa expired or was going to expire, I found a company that was um, that I wanted to work at. So I went home again <laughs> to get a visa. It's yeah. such a oh. such a pain, but yeah, I wanted <laughs> to be in New York, and it was great. So made it happen. Um, and I worked for this other agency for about four years, and that's where I got access to um, even bigger brands such as the um, the Nintendos and Jerry Seinfeld and all that that you mentioned earlier. So when that comes along, those kinds of jobs, so let's say Nintendo, <laughs> do you and I've had experiences with the likes of like Star Wars and and, and Disney it, through my previous job, and it, it's always always very stringent in what you have to do and can do, and there's, <laughs> there's some serious no wiggle room in that um so in terms of the way that you would approach that design for, for that agency you're working with did you find that similar constraint of your creativity or was it just sort of and it was it getting just a job done and not really being able to flex your, <laughs> your yeah creativity? no i was really fortunate because nintendo was a, a great client because we got to work with all different games which meant you could work in different styles awesome. um so i was working as an interactive designer so i was doing the ui and ux for all these um, companies there are a lot of game sites obviously okay. so um, they'll give us a brief and access to their high-res images, which are awesome, by the way. You can zoom in and see all the hairs and yeah. everything like that. So, <laughs> so you get all the assets and you have a brief and they're like, uh, we have X amount of pages and this is what we want to communicate. And then they give you creative liberty to art direct how the site is going to be, okay. um, how it functions and all of that. And then using that assets um, to build out the page. But obviously you have to build everything around the assets and tell the story and yep. show the characters and all of that. So uh, that was a a great client because yeah we had a lot of um, creative liberty to, nice. to move with and then with um mr jerry seinfeld like i'm a big fan of seinfeld and this yeah, is yeah. I think, <laughs> this is what i really like um 
the reason why Jacob is here is not because of that. But it, I, I always like <laughs> talking to Jacob just about this because um, I've watched Seinfeld and watched comedians in cars getting coffee, which is the identity that Jacob's made um, as part of his time working in the States. So you met Jerry? Yeah, I worked with him. It's kind of probably my most nerve-wracking meeting, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, well, how, 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 what was the feeling like in that room? Well, there, there's like, there was a team involved, obviously, and then we had creative directors and um, everything in the room. But I was the, uh, the I had a graphics tablet at the time, so I was often doing um, edits with them in the room and mm. like all our companies, marketing directors and the CEO, and then his marketing team, and I'm like there with my graphics tablet and like a big projector, and I was like. <laughs> pretty nerve-wracking so this is like a second or third meeting in obviously after a first a couple of um, yeah uh, rounds but it was I did get to meet him and um, have a, a small chat with him um, but yeah he's a, a busy man as you can imagine yeah and then the process of that how for something like that as a tv show it didn't start on netflix like it is now it was on um crackle i think it was uh yeah it was on crackle and his own website yep, so right, um yep. Yeah, it's not on the website anymore, but I was involved with doing the, the actual website and how that yeah, okay. looked and um, felt for the first uh, six seasons, I believe it was. Yep. Um, so they updated every nap, every season or so. Yep. Um, the logo stayed the same the whole time and the marketing style, which is like a we created a typeface um, and we used that for all their marketing. Oh, nice. um, so that was a, a, a cool project. Yeah. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll have seen the, the graphics of what that looks like. Um, but if you're listening on the podcast, check it out. It's a really good show aside from the design, but the design at the same time, I think, gives that nice look of aesthetic of what Jerry's about in terms of writing his notes and, and things like that for his sketches. I think that's where it sort of ties in, which I think is a great little identity. Totally. Um, from there then, you come back to Australia, yeah? Yeah, so that was that project was 2012. Okay. Um, so I was there for another few years and actually went traveling for what was meant to be one year and it turned into three years. So okay. I was traveling the world. Travel bug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I'd always loved traveling and I'd wanted to travel the world after a bit of convincing with my wife. I, yep. We saved enough money for the first year, but I realized uh, once I left a full-time position, I had way more time to work on my own business. Yep. Um, I did have some runway to to work on the road and I had that business set up and blog um, just creative set up so I had some clients and I had some passive income coming in to be able to travel on the road um, so we traveled for uh, that one year and we're like well let's do this for more <laughs> so we did it for two more years <laughs> went to about 80 countries uh, while running the the blog and the business uh, on the road as well and we also ran a, our travel blog too so in terms of the, the both the blogs then how long has that sort of been running for then so I started my business just creative design which is now called just creative back in 2007 um so i've been running that while i ran that while i was a design student Mm -hmm. and i've continued to evolve that um into and still is my business today so it's called just creative and um the blog is called just globe trotting yeah nice and was the the travel blog then um a Jacob idea or a uh, mrs Jacob idea so originally (laughs) originally uh i it was for friends and family and uh, my wife wasn't really clued into blogging or anything at that stage and she wanted to do it for friends and family. So she did it, does all the writing pretty much, about yep. 90% of the writing. And I do all the SEO photos um, and so forth. Yep. And yeah, it was, it was a good team. And after the first year, we kind of pivoted to be more focused on resources for 
people traveling versus our stories yeah, which yeah. kind of yeah, we did so. both so we kind of have a hybrid we have stories and guides yep. um, so it's kind of a different way of doing it um, but it, the travel insular travel influencer market is a, another beast now it's yeah it's kind of taken over it's gone with the days of those um, lonely planet kind of guides and everything everyone's looking for an experience that some they can see someone else have and, and build trust that way especially if they follow you as if as the face of it um, I can see why <laughs> I can definitely see why it takes off yeah and and everyone's an influencer these days like people with a thousand followers can be uh, <laughs> an influencer <laughs> yeah it. um now you come back to Australia you start doing more of your work here what kind of clients then are you working with or are you still doing the whole agency um contract kind of work uh clients now that well i so I've been back for about a year and a half now, more full-time, so I've had more time to focus on that business and social media and so forth. So the clients I'm focused on now, um, they're very diverse. I have a very wide casting net because my blog, I get a lot of traffic and mm-hmm. that means I get a lot of exposure um, and that means all the industries are different. I don't have a niche um, on any particular client. Okay. So um, my strategy may not work for listeners, just so yeah. you're aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a wide casting net. So it's... Um, I work with some agencies, but to be honest, most of them are small, mid-sized businesses. Um, not very, n- none of them are really enterprise at this at this stage. But at the moment, I'm learning. Uh, we'll dive in deeper into um, brand strategy and how I can offer a deeper service for my clients. And um, I think for people starting out, this would be too much of a step. It's you do need to do the legwork in in terms of your craft to get to this step mm-hmm. and know the reasons why and the thinking behind it before you get to that. But that's really where I'm going now and um, offering that deep level of service while also doing design. So, how do yeah. you find that? Like, do you, when you came across brand strategy, was it kind of for you like the missing piece of, of what you're doing? Because obviously you do a lot of logo design um, and do it very, very well. But then having that missing piece of that adding the client into the equation better, how, how, have, you find, how have you found that? Well, brand strategy is a deep, deep rabbit hole. And yeah. once you're aware of it, you can keep going deeper and deeper. So yep. um, you could actually do a very thorough brand stra- strategy document for your client, and it could take months if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be overkill for a lot of small, b- mid-sized businesses, so you have to tailor it to the client. But most of the time, the clients aren't really aware of it, so there's a big educational gap that you have to mm. talk it through and sell it through so mm-hmm. you really have to know how to sell sell things and talk about it and be confident and that's really when they're going to put the trust in you and actually give you those uh, big dollar signs and how do you find that like you find the clients are fairly receptive of, of brand strategy when you are now selling it like it's hit or miss like some uh, think it's overkill and it may be for for some some yeah. brands and that's fair enough it, it is to be honest yeah. um but for um, brands that really are going all in and they want to have a better connection with their consumer and have a roadmap to succeed, then it is something that they should focus on. And mm-hmm. I, I talk about the benefits of it. Um, but yeah, some, some startups may not be ready for it or they just don't invest that in at this time. Um, that's cool too. And do you think from your own experience then that it, it would um, better your output of um, a brand identity? Like, Do you uh, use it for... Mutual beneficial reasons that the client can walk away with a strategy of what they do with their brand, but also for you, does that better inform the the creative output that you create as well? Yeah, I, I've I've always followed a pretty similar process in 
following like or creating a brand identity yep. so i did have a process there and it was some strategic thinking but it wasn't as informed as going deep with customer journeys and yep. um all the other stuff which i won't bore you with at this time but <laughs> i'm um, going to talk about another podcast with yeah yeah another couple of blokes but yeah yeah it, it, i think it's something for a lot of designers that especially when i came across it when i started my business it was it's one of those things that you just go Boom, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're just like, holy moly! I, this is this is a whole other game, in itself. But from I guess my experience of doing it a few times now, it's one of those things that if you can better serve a customer to create a better result, I think that's where it can come in. But at the same respect, if there's a double arbitrage of you being able to offer a client something that they'd not even considered, let's say their messaging or just even who their customers are. Like I think a lot of businesses as well have a fair idea of who their customer is, but then don't know how to chat with them, communicate yeah. with them, whatever it is, and create something that isn't just what they want as a business and what what their customers want to see or, or recognize so they're not having this you know, elaborate logo that you know obviously you're not the one to create a kind of elaborate logo. You're very... Um, not simple simple isn't the right word simplistic in the in the, the nature of the designs that you create which i think is the best way to go about logos um but for for a brand to realize what it is that that customer is looking for rather than having some detailed as fuck logo yeah yeah um this can kind of get them on that page and, and ride them on the same journey that you're going through to create something and, and get a bit of skin in the game for themselves into that process and feel part of it which i think is which is great. So um, you've done an absolute crap load of logos. Yeah. Like thousands. Thousands. <laughs> and we've, if you've seen Jacob's um, page or do you have Behance? Uh, just, yeah, just yeah. set up Behance, yeah. So if you look at his stuff and you see what he does and creates, um, nothing looks the same, but everything has that minimal kind of look to it and, and it, it communicates a very good logo for that business so if you're i guess this is my point is that if you're struggling with logo design and wondering how to be better at logo design and you're looking at people like jacob here or other designers around the world or in australia or wherever it is have a look at what these guys are doing to see what works for these kinds of businesses now this is next leads me to the the latest logo that jacob's done for this little town in america called san francisco and if you look at the case study that Jacob's made for that, you will see a great amount of iteration involved to get it to the most simple form possible. Um, so how, firstly, how did that come about? Because <laughs> San Francisco is San Francisco. Yep. You know, the next height would be New York or London or anything like that. Yeah, that's next. <laughs> um, exactly. So talk us through that process from sort of start to finish of inception to, to completion. Obviously it was done with another team of creatives as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess people ask, or often people ask, how do you, how did you get that job? Yeah. And this was an existing relationship with another agency. So this agency had subcontracted me out to um, design some, the, some logo variations and some branding or brand identity ideas. And they had hired me for another country called Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> Just Puerto pre- Rico. Previously. Just a freaking country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was the first relationship, um, first start of that relationship. And um, my work actually wasn't picked. They had hired out another, they had hired a few other 
subcontracted a few other designers and my got to the last round but got um, didn't win based on user testing. Yep. So for the second round um, for San Francisco, it was the same client, same agency, subcontracted. I was hired um, amongst other designers and we all submitted to this agency. And then they... Um, sent it to the agency based on the short list of that, that, what they chose um, and mine came back um, up the top and then it went to user testing with a few others and thankfully came out on top and that's how it got picked and mm. is in use now, which is really cool, um, very humbling. And yeah. This is the thing, like I, I went to dinner with Jacob a few months back to this industry dinner and we sat down at a table and had a, a good bro chat, um, but we were sit, sat next to another couple and um, they introduced themselves. They they had a furniture brand here in Sydney, really high class furniture furniture brand. And they turned to both of us and said, "What do you guys do?" And we said, "We both said branding." And they said, "Oh, would you have done anything that we would have seen?" And Jacob's like, "Oh yeah, just San Francisco." And they just went, <laughs> sort of scoffed on their wine and bread and went, "Oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah, good, 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 good." Yeah, it's so, a nice little feather in the hat. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So, in terms of logos, then, what would be your favorite of your own? And then favorite of whatever's out there that you think is, you know, it's a good question. Right up there. Um, favorite of my own. It's a good question. I the I haven't really thought about that. I, the San Fran one is the most recent one that I'm I'm quite proud of because mm. of um, that it it's, got this San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I recently did like a, a highlight reel of my past decade of the logos that I liked from each year, and it was really hard to go through thousands of logos and choose one from mm-hmm. each year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's one of my Insta, and they're, they're all my favorites. And San Fran was the, the latest one, so I'm going to go with that. Nice. Um, what was the second part? Which oh, is my, your favorite? My logo favorite logo. Well, I'm yeah. always. <laughs> Uh, it's so cliche, but I love the Apple logo because it's an apple and the bite's taken out of it. And I'm always on Apple products. So, like, I'm exposed to it every single bloody day. So, it's just dug into my mind. So Yeah, you see it in front of your face, especially working as a designer yeah, with exactly. an Apple computer in front of you or your phone or your watch or your Apple TV or whatever it is. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, but one, I, I, another one I really like, um, not for the company, but BP. So yeah. it's like a flower logo, it's green and yellow. And uh-huh. um, I think it's a great example of how powerful logo design can be because this is an oil company. They, they don't do great things, you yeah, know. Yeah. And the image of this logo is a bright flower and it's like, I'm so environmentally friendly. I'm, I'm complete opposite of what I'm actually doing. And that's how powerful logo design is. And that's why I, I like that. And it's just a brilliant mark. I think it's interesting you bring that up is that I think BP ended up doing that around the time of their big oil scandal in, <laughs> out yeah, in the oceans and the, yeah it, 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 i think it was widely criticized that yeah, yeah. you're making a flower now and you've got yeah. this big hole in the ocean of, I know. Uh, no, it wasn't not, good timing. not good timing but i think in terms of yeah brand longevity it's, it's obviously a difference for them to to be able to position, reposition themselves as someone that is now eco-conscious because of a result of some really bad shit happening in their business um so that's where i think branding definitely can come into play but that's the whole other conversation um now to get back to your email marketing now if you've been doing your blog since 2007 which is i don't know how you keep coming up with ideas Um, i I, I could like i don't have enough time yeah yeah and i think that's probably the thing a lot of people would for even social media content go how how do how do i keep coming up with ideas for content 
But I think that's such a weird mindset to kind of have because if you keep learning and, and accessing different things or experiencing different things, you're going to have something new to talk about all the time. Like it's when you meet new people, you always got someone new to talk to and, and gain that experience from or whatever. So for you in terms of that blog, how, how has that kept going and that interest kept going and the consistency kept going to, to make it what it is now? It's a good question. And um, I had a chat with um, another um, show and they, we talked about this. And the reason was I share what I'm doing at the time. Yeah. So this is how I actually got headhunted in, in, from, from in the States. It's because I was sharing my university work. I was sharing what I was learning. I was okay. sharing my process. I was sharing um, my really bad work. <laughs> well, this is, I'll just touch on that quickly as well before you get going. When I was at uni and a couple of my fellow students that I graduated with have said, I remember Jacob's work being shown in one of my one of the, our lectures, and I can't remember bugger all from uni days in terms of what we had in lectures. But I was like, seriously, like mm. that's amazing. And we were obviously at the same age and and process of being at uni, so I don't know how it came about. And one of our lecturers must have come across your work in some way, shape, or form. So that just shows from two different unis and and what maybe maybe I don't know they might have had a relationship with someone in, from from Jacob's uni, but. I found it amazing that yeah, this yeah, particular yeah. girl, Mary, well, was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you the secret. It's because there was no other blogs out there. <laughs> no one else doing it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You found the hole. Yeah, the uh, hole. for sure. Um, but uh, wait, what were In you? terms of consistency. Yeah, yeah, consistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I put out what I'm learning at the, the time. And yeah, it was at university. I was sharing my university work. And fast forward well, 12 years now, uh, I'm learning more about brand strategy. So the content I put out is focused on brand strategy. It's mm-hmm. um, nothing radical here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sharing your process and sharing what you're doing. And uh, I posted a post on Insta yesterday about uh, daring to suck. And I love that <laughs> quote because you dare, <laughs> dare to suck. You, your first thing is always going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to improve by doing it. So um, just like myself, like doing a brand strategy workshop with a client, like I'm sure um, 10, 10 more down the track, they'll be much better than what I'm doing now. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You get better and better. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with a lot of designers that will put stuff out and think that it, they have to be original all the time. Like you, you can talk about the same topic someone else is talking about. I think that's the big thing where, I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I finally called Jake about the other day where he put up a right. similar <laughs> post of 99 problems and branding is it one I was like hey man <laughs> I did that a few weeks back yeah. and he's like man I didn't see it and I was like man, it doesn't matter like he can put out the same stuff and I just did it as a joke but everyone's yeah, talking the same thing there's only so much you can really yeah. talk about in the scope of design so you may as well add your two cents to the conversation and not have to feel like you're a, a thought leader or anything like that and just you know contribute to the conversation which I think you do very well um, and put it, your own spin on it, put your own branding to it, so that way it, you know, it is authentically you in a way. Um, and then in terms of that blog leading to your uh, email marketing, so you now do a, a newsletter, and how long has that kind of been going from um, so i've always had it was rss back in the day and people would subscribe to rss yeah, feeds yeah, and yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, got fizzled yeah. out and then we started a newsletter and uh, kind of start, started growing that i wish i'd done it earlier but mm. i'd um, just run rss feeds um so that was my biggest regret and i'd highly recommend getting an email newsletter set up it's the best way to contact um, people that want to hear from you and yeah. have that in their inbox it's so good um, very personal yeah exactly mm. um, and actually all of my social and everything um, 
leads to my email marketing because that is the best way to contact people. The thing with social media is that it you, the posts go and you, you don't always interact. There's so much noise where a newsletter is one-on-one. So it's a huge draw. That's why I've put a, a ton of effort into creating an email list and having freebies that um, people get when they sign up. Mm-hmm. And that way I can also send them all my new articles, resources, freebies, um, and also um, what we'll talk about next is affiliate marketing. So I yeah. recommend uh, different tools and give them discounts and it's a pretty much a win-win for everyone. Uh, and that's what I've, I've really been focusing on as well yeah. as my services. And then for do you find that um, clients... Uh, do you have clients in that email list and how if they if you do then how receptive is it even if you have content in those newsletters that is targeted at other designers what how does that kind of work yeah for you? so that's that's where I, my downfall is i haven't segmented my list which is a next step so you can choose if like they can either say if they're a client or mm. business owner or a designer or so forth and i haven't actually done that but um, people come and go all the time like I'll get 100 subscribers a day and probably like 40 will unsubscribe a day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very up and down sort of thing. But it's um, like if they're enjoying your content, they'll continue to open your emails. And that's yeah. where that relationship comes yeah. um, or is built. And then you're top of mind when it comes to whatever you're promoting. So for me, I, I always have a the backbone of branding in, in my emails as well. So that's that's why they why I'd be top of mind for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a big thing of any kind of content that you would make in that you want to stay top of mind with your clients or audience, whoever it is that you're marketing yourself towards, be it social media or your email marketing. So, um, you know, if that client is someone that may have, or potential client is someone that may not need it now, they may need it in three months or five years, depending on how the longevity of your business and how long you're doing this stuff like Jacob has been doing. So um, yeah, don't discount the fact that someone's not coming now. If you keep doing it consistently, somebody may remain dormant, yeah? Yeah, it's a long, long-term game. And then in terms of your online, um, let's say your website, to, to make somebody subscribe to that email list then, is it a, is, is it a case of a, a lead magnet like you probably have on your site where it's in exchange for a email address to be able to sign you up to your newsletter um, because I've seen that you know the cost of a email for someone to give out is around 10 to 15 dollars in equivalent value and then what are you giving in return for that value of somebody you know handing over something because kind of personal now as an email address yeah so for me personally i have uh, a tool a toolbox which is yep. called the branding briefcase which mm-hmm. is basically a bunch of ebooks and tools and um, mock-ups and um, sh- worksheets and everything that can help a business grow and thrive so it's really um it's, it's really deep in what i provide but you don't have to go if you're creating your own you don't need to go as deep as that it's as simple as giving a freebie away a, a worksheet a checklist yep. um something free of value so that's really the incentive don't just say sign up or join my newsletter you're not going to get um, as many um, subscribers so yeah, yeah it, the value up front and your email drip campaign which is what emails they get after they sign up should also provide value you shouldn't be selling up yeah, front that's a good bit of advice then so in terms of then for yourself how many emails is somebody getting after that first initial sign up like is it like a couple two or so three or I've, I've got six at the moment um, I do have plans to do add like or like uh, 20 plus so they yeah nice. so once they're they're in they can just get drip my campaign my content mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I do send out a newsletter at least once a week so they're going to get something anyway yeah but for when I'm away or um, just so they can get, 
get content and see what uh, sort of stuff I put out there, uh, I'm going to set something else up. And just quickly as well on the email list, uh, email subscribers and doing a newsletter, plus social media, plus client work and everything, how are you managing that time? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I, I do have this platform set up already, so you have to be clear. It does take time to set up. Um, the best thing about email is that it's automated. Yeah. Uh, you're not actually spending time doing it. You do it once and it, you can it do it for out. years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can build systems and automations into your business, do it. Like that is the key. So if you haven't got an email newsletter, get that set up because that is the biggest thing that will save you time. You're not going out looking for clients. So you actually position yourself in a, as an expert and uh, people are getting value from you and mm. so forth. So. Uh, that's a big tip to to get involved, and it doesn't have to be you don't have to be putting out content every week. Uh, although that's a good idea, at least you could do it maybe once a month. You could start yeah. there, and then mm-hmm. once you know the ropes, and you can make it every two weeks or so forth. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm totally slacking. Like I've only been doing this business for <laughs> eighteen months, but I don't have any of this, and I'm just like, man, I need to get something up. And like I see things like um, Mailchimp and ConvertKit and all those kinds of um, sites that do it. So it's easy to do. I think it's just the conviction of actually sitting down and actually doing it to set and kind of not forget, but having to set it all up. Yeah. And then that way you can just do it on a, as Jacob said, on a monthly basis, and then try and remain consistent. And all it can be like if you're making let's say social media content like you you do, and you put up a post every couple of days or whatever, you could include that content and make that into a blog, and then you know yeah, attach that to your, to your newsletter exactly what you do, which is. All it really probably needs so why to haven't be. You done it? <laughs> I know, and this is it. I just like I just create content. It's just like I'm not putting it into anything else. And um, I think the comparison for, for between Jacob and say Shane that I had on the first episode was that Shane gets out there and hustles that way, whereas Jacob does it a bit differently digitally, which both ways can still work for your business very yeah. very well. Which is a testament to show you how well it can work, because the subscriber list that you have is what. Few thousand, like, yeah, it's about twenty eight thousand. <laughs> twenty eight thousand. So that's yeah. a it's a shitload of people there tuning in each week, or if you did it monthly, um, and that obviously is done over time. Yeah, it's not overnight success or anything like that. But if you do it and it compounds and compounds and compounds, and you're offering that value over and over and over, um, you never know who you're going to bring in. And that's what I look at my analytics and see some people that view my site, and it's not many, but you'll probably do the same, and you'll look at your the you know the demographic of people that are coming in and especially if they're australians and you're in australia and you're going who are those people are they fellow designers or are they other clients if they're clients then they're walking away off my site not having done anything apart from contacting me and if no one's contacting me then you're not to know if you know they've found any value from your site apart from just the amount of time they've spent on your site so i think a legion definitely is a great way to go about it um yeah so lead gens i i I put everywhere on my site so it's mm-hmm. the one thing like, I don't have much advertising very little mm-hmm. um, and the lead gen thing is everywhere so on my homepage about page it's a pop-up it's a sidebar in the footer so that's <laughs> how valuable an email is <laughs> yeah it's literally everywhere um, and yeah once you have it all set up it's all automated that's how you yeah, said. Nice. and I guess that leads into um, your affiliate marketing because a lot of yeah. your content then surrounds itself around affiliate um, links and things and I'll let Jacob explain what the whole affiliate part is but think of this, guys, as a way to 
gain extra income or extra exposure in a way that is providing value at no extra cost to that person if they're looking to sign up to a course or sign up to or buy a book or, or whatever a packet of ramen noodles <laughs> send you, yeah. you generate <laughs> income from um think of this as a way to diversify your income in a way that is having you find and recommend the best things that work have worked for you and give that recommendation to somebody else through your content and then gain a little bit of a commission out of it. That's right, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So how does that work then for you? What's the process involved and, and what, if you could explain affiliate marketing yeah, yeah. especially, probably better because you do this. You know, yeah, all so time. to jump into affiliate marketing, the idea is you, I recommend something, you click it, I get a commission. Yeah. Um, and you can do this on scale, which is what I do on the blog. And I'm going to put in the context of, of you though, so how you can get it set up. And one program that is very successful is Amazon, Amazon Associates program. So I recommend a book or a laptop or whatever it is and make money from that. But the best thing about the Amazon Associate program is that whatever is in the cart, you make a commission on. So if I recommend a book, which is like 10 bucks, I'm going to get a commission of, I don't know, 15 cents or something. But if they go on and buy uh, a laptop in that same cart, I'll get a commission of the laptop and the book. So that's that's where it, the, the goal is. Yeah, yeah. that's why you sh- <laughs> I've seen your list of stuff that you've brought in and there's weird stuff like people ordering pizzas on yeah, Amazon yeah. in so, the States. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but for the past <laughs> six to nine months, there's, there's like 20 frozen pizzas every month on this list. I don't know. <laughs> Someone's like, I've never sorry. recommended pizza, but yeah, it's Someone's just getting funny. a hankering for <laughs> Jacob's. Just, everyone's just yeah. hungry after looking at this site. <laughs> Top 10 laptops. Um, but for you to get started with affiliate marketing, this is kind of a challenge. Um, you sign up to the Amazon Associates program. You just, you just enter your details and your bank details so you can get paid. Uh, and then once you've got a, your that set up, go to any product page on Amazon. At the top of the page is um, something that generator. says get link, generate yep. link. Yep. Um, top left, you'll find it. And then you copy paste that link and that's the link that you use to track. Mm-hmm. So find, out, find something that you really love, like a book or... Um, like let's just say your favorite book and you, you post on um, Facebook or social media and say, this is, I love this book. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I recommend it for this reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that trust you and follow you will likely buy that book. And then yeah. you've made your first sale. If you do this on your website, your platform, which you own or your social media, you can scale this idea. So let's say your top 10 books on Randin yeah. and then they so forth. And mm-hmm. that, that's what I've done on scale with like best laptops, best everything for designers. So mm-hmm. I've got a whole buying guide for, um, for this um, whole system. Yeah. But the, the real killer is having good SEO, so search engine optimization, being ranked on Google, because then if they find your site, they're actually a hot lead looking for this information. You're not, you're not actually selling it yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once you learn search engine optimization and you're ranked well, you, that's where the money is. Okay. Um, I mean, Jacob was the, the one that kind of... <laughs> kick me in the ass to get onto Amazon um, Associates. So I signed up. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see the example of this in the notes below in the description where I've got all the gear that I used for this podcast of the camera, the mic, the the lights, um, mics, all the rest of it, tripod. Um, It's all there. And it's basically, if you were interested in buying the same kind of camera or the same mic or whatever, you can click on that link and it will take you to that Amazon cart. So if you're creating this kind of content or doing a blog or whatever and you found a product that you really like and would recommend to somebody that, that's the whole idea yeah? and then if that person buys it you get a commission and it's not like you're charging that person extra or anything like that no, it's, it's a just, win-win for everybody. it's a win-win for everybody so there's nothing scummy about it or salesy about it it's just 
Here, yeah, this is this is this is exactly what I think you know would be beneficial to you. And if it is great, it, buy it. It'd help me out. You know, if I brought you some value here by doing so, I think it's a great little exchange. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just Amazon. It's not products. You can recommend mm. anything. There's so many other plat like affiliate programs out there. Pretty much every software um, or web app generally has it, like the big ones. So mm-hmm. popular ones that work for me are um, Udemy and Skillshare. Um, some icon packs and font bundles and mm-hmm. graphic resources for designers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just just don't pigeonhole yourself to Amazon. You can use other uh, people to work with and partner with them as well. And yeah. often I'll work with partners and try to negotiate a, a deal for my readers. So it's kind of like an exclusive yeah, discount. Nice. Uh, and that's just the next level. Yeah, so if you get to the echelon, I think probably the one thing probably to keep in mind, I'd, I'd say you'd agree with this is, doing it with stuff that either you have found or used yourself or that is in the realm of what you're talking about like don't just be like the top you know five washing machines or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that you know that's true something so you know, know your thing. audience and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we all need washing machines <laughs> um but i think that's probably you know i think that's obviously fairly logical but to try and keep it in the realm of what it is you're talking about um, well, let's let's just say uh, we have designers or cr- like illustrators. We all have different mm-hmm. niches, and mm-hmm. um, if you're an illustrator, you're going to focus more on illustrative courses versus yeah. Yeah. Um, me, where I'm doing more electronics and things that are useful for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. you just start small and with your niche and your audience, and, um, and grow it from there. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, a great way to go about just that diversifying your income because I think like if you are a designer and you're solely relying on client work, especially running your own business, let's say. Or even if you wanted to do it as a side hustle, like if you're in a full-time job and you're looking for an extra bit of cash and starting up a blog and doing what Jacob has done, um, over time, like it's not going to happen overnight though, yeah? No. Yeah. So it takes a hell of a lot of work or just a hell of a lot of time to, to get it to work at scale and, and bring in, you know, thousands of dollars a month, which is what Jacob's bringing in, which I find just amazing. Um so you know, kudos, man. Yeah. Um, so look, I think in terms of where where you're headed in for your uh, your business, what's on the horizon then for for just creative? Like, is it sort of more travel? Is it well, looking to work with more bigger clients? Like, yeah. Uh, I'm just trucking along, to be honest, yeah. but I'm, I did mention going towards the brand strategy route. Yep. Uh, who knows where that's going to take me? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not sure yet, but uh, definitely going to travel as well. Going to be living in Cape Town for January and February next year. Nice. And then who are, who knows after that? We have some plans for Korea, um, Asia, I don't know where else, um, maybe Hawaii. So they're the rough goals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just putting out content and learning along the way is it's Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, go more in with affiliate marketing. Go, <laughs> go more with affiliate market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's always going to keep bringing in that little yeah. extra bit of cash, um, especially for, you, for your travel. All right, dude. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Um, Pleasure. For, for everyone that's listening or watching here, how can they find you on the web or from yep. your website or your yeah, social yeah. media? Yeah, um, yeah. So my handle is just creative, uh, pretty much on everything. And the freebies that I was speaking about before, you can find at brandonbriefcase.com or the many places on my website where you'll get the pop-ups and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you won't fail to um, find it. Yeah, I'd recommend just, even if you go to Just Creative's website, justcreative.com, yeah? Yeah. yeah. If you head to that website and, and just subscribe to it, see how Jacob has done it. Like you might not be into the content, but just see how Jacob is drip feeding this kind of stuff and giving it monthly or weekly or whatever it is content to you and see what he's doing. And you don't have to 
copy it. I don't think you want to copy it. You want to kind of understand what it is and what you could do for your own business um, or your own side hustle or whatever. So, you know, take a leaf out of the book, I think is a really good good way of doing it. All right. Um, Thanks so much for listening. If you're listening on the podcast or watching here on YouTube or even IGTV, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks.